Hey guys, it's Katie here. I just wanted to record a quick intro to this next episode to say, firstly, apologies it took so long to get this episode out to you. I've been poorly for most of November with an evil ear infection that lasted the whole month. So I'm on the mend now, so that's all good. Um, so we've got this episode coming and I just wanted to mention the audio quality isn't fantastic because Michelle and I recorded it together in a co-working space, which is appropriate as we're talking about the best places to work as a freelancer. Um, but there is some background noise and you do also sometimes hear the hand dryer from the toilets, but I assure you we weren't recording it in the toilet. So please bear with us for this episode and we'll return to normal quality for the episode after and stay tuned to hear about us talking about um, the different options for where to work as a freelancer. Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems but a boss ain't one. I'm one of your co-hosts Katie Carlisle and I run my own freelance Squarespace web design business The Wheel Exists. And my name's Michelle Pratt, your other co-host, and my business is Dive Deep Development, a personal development training and coaching business. And on today's episode, we're going to look at finding the right place to work as a freelancer. So the beauty of freelancing is that you can work from anywhere, but the challenge with freelancing is you can work from anywhere. So from a kitchen table to a dedicated office, how do you decide where is best? So Michelle, let's have a look at what the options are and maybe some challenges and benefits associated with each one definitely I think so I mean okay let's let's start at home because I think for most people when they're self-employed working from home is the obvious uh, obvious uh, place to start obviously because it's the place that's familiar to you but also it is cheaper normally and you're already paying for wi-fi and phone connection and printer and so on and so forth and actually working from home does have its perks but it's not always the most suitable space and increasingly I find myself working with businesses that are um, they're they're introducing flexible working and by introducing flexible working I mean they're telling their people they don't have desks anymore so well, that's what <laughs> happened with one of my friends used to work at a building in Manchester and um, they, they built a new premises and the new premises specifically only had space for I think two-thirds of their employees and they had enforced work from home or remote flexible working days yeah, and, and that's not uncommon. And they kind of assume within that that your home is a suitable place to work, but it isn't always. So, for example, some people I know say, well, this is, this is great that I can hot, choose when to hot desk. But, uh, and as a freelancer, it's an advantage if you've got your parcels arriving and you want to be in for those. But, of course, if you've got children or pets, that can be a distraction. And, obviously, it's not very professional to be in a conference call or a telephone call with a client. Well, we've all seen that by... viral video of the guy in the BBC uh, interview. This uh, I just love it, where the wife... <laughs> the wife does the combat crawl and they need to drag the, the child out so of course that that may not be useful but also other people I've met have their spouses work at home and sometimes this works really well between the two of them but sometimes it's it's just not the best to be in the space with your partner all day every day and then have your leisure time there as well but then your partner's at home and you guys get on quite well yeah we do yeah the only time it's really a problem is if we're both needing to do calls at the same time um and and then so then one of us has to kind of go in another room and close as many doors as possible in between us and there because we've got quite a small house now and the sound does travel quite a lot in it um so roland's been on calls before where he's had the person speaking to saying i can hear your co-worker quite loudly in the background which i guess you know kind of creates that office buzz 
in the yeah, background. Yeah, like sometimes you're not a one-man outfit. <laughs> but sometimes, actually, you just, yeah, you want a bit of quiet, so we have to try and, uh, you know, we have to go try and find the appropriate space. Um, you might have noticed the audio on this podcast is slightly different. We're actually coming to you live from a, well, not live, but pre-recorded from a co-working space in Manchester. Me and Michelle are reunited. We're yes. actually recording this in the same place for once. Normally we do it remotely. Um, but the, the audio in your house and the background noise in your house is something to consider you know if you've got neighbours doing DIY or if you've got um, the next door's dogs barking yeah, used to drive me crazy you know you've got your doorbell which luckily you can take the batteries out of it the ice cream van I know that if I do a, 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 a virtual training session after 2pm the afternoon the ice cream van used to come around every <laughs> afternoon as I couldn't have the window open in summer and just crazy <laughs> stuff like that so um but yeah, but also it's not always the right space sort of physically either at home. So I think it's very cosy to be nearer your stuff. So when I'm doing training design work, I've got all my books, all my materials, all my stuff to hand, all my research, all my documents. So in that sense, it's quite nice to work from home and I, and I do feel I can spread myself out. But I don't always find it's the healthiest. My back does cramp up quite a bit if I'm hunched over the desk. Well, that's it. Ergonomically, a kitchen table wasn't necessarily designed for use as an office for a whole day, was it? You know, it's... It is if you've got if you are working a lot from home, it probably is worth trying to invest in ways to make sure that you've got a good posture and yeah. you know things like raising up your your screen on your computer or you know you can get something similar for laptops. You know, have an external keyboard, use a mouse, things like that to actually improve your posture. Yes, it might mean a bit more to clear away at the end of the day if you have to work in a shared space like on a dining table, but actually it's worth it because you're still going to be doing if you're doing a full day's work. It's worth a little bit of extra setup and take down time for you to actually be healthy as a result of it. Yeah, definitely. I've, that's something that I've done having worked from home for quite a while now. I've um, I've got what's called an Ergotron. I think I mentioned the previous uh, <laughs> podcast. It sounds like a transformer, but it's not. It's the thing that you attach to any desk or to any kind of bookshelf, really, which has a has a platform you can put a laptop on, and you can raise it or lower it. Oh, so, so you, it can be like a standing desk. Yeah, and you don't need a stand. You have to pay out for a standing desk in order to have it. I've also got a stool that will go right down low, so I can sit, sit astride it and forward because apparently that's the way to to get good posture is to tilt your hips forward yeah but I've also got um that can also go up to perching height as well so again if I want to stretch my legs out or ch change my posture I do have the option to do it and you mentioned like laptop stands I've got now I've got an external keyboard I've now I've got a laptop I can flip 360 and have it like a monitor so you do get all these little mod cons I think as time goes on yeah exactly and you can like work out what works for you I mean I when I used to work from home before I was freelance I used to work from home anyway and I used to sit on an exercise ball um, and that was really good. I don't remember why I stopped doing it. I think there just wasn't really space because it was quite bulky. Um, but that was fun for a bit as well to do. Um, so, you know, I felt like I was improving my posture whilst actually working. Um, and we mentioned sound, but I think also things like lights as well. Like, you know, are you getting enough light to make sure that you're not straining your eyes? Um, and just sound for recording is worth thinking if, you, if you're going to do kind of phone calls or audio recordings. But also, have you got a good backdrop if you want to do videos as well oh yeah or just video conference calls yeah yeah if you got you know if if, if what's behind you is just like your kids toys and stuff I mean or you're washing don't or, leave your yeah, pants on the yeah. dryer <laughs> out of the back and you might be fine with sharing that but some people want to kind of convey that professional approach to which you can't always get if it's just your kind of obvious home setup or if it's just so dark that people can't see you or so bright that like I've had it before where I was where I was living um, temporarily the only place I could really sit 
had loads of light coming in behind me, so you couldn't really see me. I was just a sort of like halo. an angel. I know, I know, it was appropriate. <laughs> that, is, that is true, and there are cheap options to overcome with that. So I do a lot of, as I say, lots of workshops over the internet. So I do put my webcam up when I'm speaking to the audience. And I've, so I, I, okay, you've seen my mural poster, so I've got an Amazonian rope bridge, uh, which is kind of cool. I mean, It's like this massive, massive canvas picture that takes up pretty much a whole wall in yeah. Michelle's office. It's amazing. It is confusing for some people um, <laughs> where I'm delivering the, 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 the video call from. Um, now I've got sort of more shelves, but now I do have like a little Greek beach at, at the back of my door. And But, but they just make it interesting, so not distracting, but interesting. Yeah, I painted some stripes on the wall behind me because it was just like a white wall in my old house. Yeah. And I painted some stripes just got, to have something. I know a lady who has her, her clothes horse and then she buys these cheap um, plastic shower curtains but all these kind of interesting patterns not too distracting oh. and she puts it behind her when she does video online training and so that just the bit with her head and shoulders behind her has got this backdrop but she can change the backdrop that's a really good idea so it's a really cheap and cheerful way of doing it but definitely think about the giving the impression of course I I, I do the newsreader look as I've mentioned on these podcasts before <laughs> where I'm suited and booted from the top half but probably in tracky bees and sli- slippers on the bottom half just I, remember not to get up during the call yeah I, I was worried that I'm going to spill something on myself and leap up <laughs> and look very unprofessional but uh, I think that, that space for you like Katie we said standing sitting that light but also nature so that was the other reason for that picture not just the backdrop it was to give the illusion of nature as I was overlooking an industrial estate and I had fake plants because I can't be trusted to look after a real plant is why I don't have children and because uh, <laughs> I don't have a great track history with, with that and um, but that kind of bit of nature I mean now I'm looking at the Kinder Scout plateau uh, which has solved that problem for me but I think that connection with the outside world is really important if you're at home as well it's an inspiring space I suppose and it's worth spending the money and time time getting if you, that is going to be your place of work make it a really cool place to work and actually if you're working from home then make sure you do take the time to try and leave the house like I was really guilty of this before we got dogs when I was working from home I could go multiple days without going out of the door in my house because I didn't need to so that's why getting dogs was amazing because it meant I could actually go and actually you know get out into into nature but it doesn't even have to be into nature just you know if you live in the city just a walk around the block or something but do try and get out because not only is it healthy to be in nature and there's more and more studies now that are showing the effect that being outdoors you know has a positive effect on your well-being and your mental health but just from a physical perspective again talking about ergonomic composture and everything it's really important to get up and make sure you're kind of taking the time to stretch and things and I think when you're used to working in an office you do just move more I think yeah even if it's to get up to go to the loo or to walk to someone's desk or the water cooler yeah you can you can do all that and I think that definitely helps I think it also helps to separate work from home as well I had a colleague see, see personally for me I have to separate my workspace from my living space so I have a room that's just an office so I go to work and then I can close the door and then I can come away from work and occasionally I work at my kitchen table for a change of scene but largely if I'm in the office and the door is shut I'm not disturbed by by my partner but um, I had a colleague who did this via clothes you know so she so her and her husband worked at the kitchen table and when she was in her full business dress her suited and booted then she was in work mode and then when she'd finished for the day she'd go stick her jeans on and that's how her husband knew and that's how she mentally separated the spaces and I was saying to Katie you know if your desk is in your bedroom it's not ideal um, and it's not good to work in your sleeping space I was saying not not, not 
good to work in your sexy time space <laughs> if, unless you really like your work and your partner's <laughs> sharing that. Um, but you definitely want to separate those relaxing spaces from those workspaces too, I think. Well, it's interesting because actually I've kind of gone the other way in that I used to have an office in my old house and I could quite happily have had an office in the new house. Um, but the way we decided to kind of work work everything, because we've got quite a small house, we have, we've had to be quite creative. Like we've downsized quite a bit. Um, pretty much the, the whole of our house is now as big as the ground floor of our old house. And so we've had to be quite creative with how we view spaces. And because we both work from home now, it would have we could have had an office, but it would have been a bit of a squeeze and not necessarily a very nice space to work from. So in the end, what we decided, we ended up buying a really, really nice big table for the kit, for the dining area, um, like massive kind of banquet style table to have as a kind of multi-purpose space and almost be like the hub of the home. And so it's it, and it's and it's quite nice because like Roland was saying the other day, he's like, oh, it feels like I'm working from like a posh co-working space. It's a really so it, it is an inspiring space, but it is we will kind of go from like working to eating on the same table. But actually, I think I've got to the point where I know myself and know how I can work, and I know that I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, some people it's time. You know, some people are quite happy to sit hours. So they say, as long as I know I'm done by this time, then that's work over and I can do it. But I think you're probably a bit more comfortable than me with merging work and life. I don't mind blurring the boundaries a little bit. Yeah, but like my- I have, I have it very separate in terms of like, um, like I have two phones, which most people don't have. So I have a work phone and a personal phone. So in terms of kind of contact with clients, you know, I like to be able to leave my work phone at home and know that if I glance at my phone, I don't have to see business notifications like I have separate email separate everything is separate apart from physically yeah I guess I don't mind and I'm happy to work kind of random hours but it's it's that sort of yeah I suppose it's when it's with other people I separate it out but when it's for me I don't mind it being a bit more of a blur yeah um I think it's important to know the difference difference between the two. I guess the other one working from home as well is just is the is the Wi-Fi and, and broadband and is the phone connection everything you need it to be. Mm. So for me, I have to have a landline for some of the calls that I do with my clients because of their conferencing systems. I need good broadband. So when I moved house, one of the things I had to look at is what is the broadband speed. We did where the I'm same. Yeah. Because if you haven't got those, then there's also things. What if it goes wrong? Is there someone you can knit to? that's convenient where you could have a backup either a place you can use wi-fi or is your is your mobile broadband your mobile internet is it strong enough that in the moment so you've got enough data that you have to you yeah. have a backup because yeah. you don't want to be submitting that kind of proposal you know last minute or whatever and we had, not get through we had a thing literally like the week we moved into the house a new house in the afternoon we had a power cut for the whole afternoon Luckily, I was out, but Roland was at home, and so he was like, yeah, having to kind of think, if it carries on, then we'll have a backup plan. So we had had no internet, no power at all in the afternoon. And then the power came back on at five, and then the internet went off at six, completely unrelated. So we had like an hour of, of internet and power. Completely unrelated. So the power cut was something to do with Anglesey Electricity. And then the internet was Sky had like a basically a nationwide outage. Um, and so we were just like, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening to us today? Um, and so in the daytime, yeah, we've got, we're lucky that we've got this business centre place um, that's about 20 minutes from our house where you can just go and um, during the day, so up until kind of five o'clock, you can go and they've got this really nice open plan space where you can just go and sit and work. So we've always got that as a backup. 
but in the evening I don't know what we do really and we do work in the evening at Roland you know especially here for our business that we run together we have quite a lot of calls with people from from the US and Canada and so yeah I don't I don't actually know what we do I think because we don't have great that, that's the other challenge is the phone signal um, we don't have great phone signal either so if if I'm doing calls then I need to you know I need to be able to obviously take, yeah. take them so I actually had to buy a new phone that 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 had Wi-Fi calling enabled on it uh, when we moved because I couldn't take client phone calls anymore so it was kind of unexpected business expense it's so important and I guess the other thing Katie like we talk about working from home some of the things you need to make sure you have and the pros and cons I guess the big the big one for me is that working from home would be the obvious and most convenient the reason why I don't always work at home is because I know myself so on previous uh, podcasts we've talked about being introversion preference versus extroversion preference which is basically in MBTI terms or Myers-Briggs terms is where do you get your energy from now some people can work quite happily on their own and are perfectly stimulated by working individually um personally i'm someone who needs i need i get my energy from working from others so i have to have that buzz i need to have that atmosphere i need to have that human contact or i will go quite quiet and withdraw within myself so i will i will get cabin fever if i stay at home for more than two days on the bounce i've got a better tolerance these days you can get better at it but yeah i mean to begin with i couldn't spend more than a day or two at home on my own and therefore you may wish to venture elsewhere exactly so we'll we'll have a look at other potential places one of the things to mention actually if you are working from home is make sure you're claiming for the um expenses the allowable expenses when you do your tax return make sure that you're claiming for the use of your home as a as an office so you've got two options for doing that and if you're not sure you know speak to an accountant or have a read online there's plenty of resources um out there but you can claim either a flat fee for the use of your home or you can work it out Pro, percentage pro rata so it's based on how you can either do it by square footage or you can work it out based on the amount of time you spend in each room and things like that and there's a, the HMRC have got various examples on their website of how you could calculate it yeah it's um, a good point actually but it's, because people think it's free to work from home and of course it isn't particularly at this time of year when you've got the heating on yeah exactly so you know make sure that the costs that you are incurring are being reflected when you're doing your tax return. True. That said, though, you don't need to buy a broad, a business broadband package no, necessarily. They're no. generally speaking for small businesses that employ people. Most of the time, yeah, home internet now is good enough for for most businesses' yeah. needs as well. Um, so if we don't want to work from home, or you know, and this isn't to say that you know you have to do one exclusively or the other. Most freelancers I know mix it up a bit and sometimes work from home and sometimes work from elsewhere. So what are our options if we're going to work not from home? Yeah, so to begin with, like I had this thing, like I said, I get cabin fever. If I don't speak to other people, I can't get the work done. Um, and I started off by going to the library which was and it's the Manchester Central Library which was kind oh, so of a cool. nice library and also they've got the business floor there so it's not like the first floor where it's the students studying very quietly uh, um you can have it there is a bit more of a buzz in the business yeah, center if I'd have gone to the Whaley Bridge Library I'm not sure they would have had internet and I'm not sure it would have been a particularly inspiring place to work it's like in a dark basement <laughs> I went to Stockport Library and it wasn't very inspiring the internet was quite poor um, but also the business floor of the library was quite good because there are various journals and things you can look at to yeah. research your target market and yeah, you can speak to people, they have events on sometimes. The only downside of the, the, the library Wi-Fi was that they tend to only let you on it for say 30 minutes or an hour at the time and after that you've kind of got a tether or you've got to pay for their internet. Right. And it's not that I object to paying for facilities, it's just that if you're paying just for internet, 
um, it might be cheaper to tether or go to an actual co-working space, which we'll come on to in a second. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't done this, tethering is where you use your phone's mobile data to, to kind of act as internet for your computer. Most people probably would know that you can do that, but you might not realise, um, you know, nowadays with data packages, you're, unless you do really intensive downloading or uploading videos and stuff, stuff then, you know, oh well, yeah, oh, you watch, you know, I, I, I will watch Netflix on my computer using my phone's internet sometimes um, because I've got 10 gig of data and I just struggle to use it. So if you've got a big data package and you can, if you've got a reliable phone signal, use that to provide your own Wi-Fi. Yeah, um, definitely. So the library was good, but then other than that, Katie, I think probably like yourself, coffee shops has been yeah, the other one. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, in coffee shops and I guess in the library, depending on their setup, you know, you've got to have the freelancer like holy grail of somewhere that has got decent Wi-Fi and also probably plug sockets if you're going to be spending any amount of time there. Um, you know, my... my um, my laptop's probably got about three hours of battery life now if it's on its kind of extended power saving, but it's, you know, it's a couple of years old and the battery life does start to go on these things. So, you know, know what your battery life is and if you are going to need to plug in somewhere. Um, so I think it's always a challenge because sometimes there'll be, you know, there's, there's some really nice ca cafes or coffee shops and stuff, but you don't you're not guaranteed to get the table by the plug socket. Yeah, it's interesting because we're recording this from Manchester. Now, in Manchester, there are a lot of cafes which at certain hours of the day will just be full of people with laptops. Yeah. And they actually put the plug sockets and USB sockets in yeah. because they want to attract that kind of business. Um, I think you've probably seen on the news that some people think that laptops in cafes are the scourge of coffee shops. <laughs> actually, done well, it can, can actually really bring revenue into coffee shops in hours when they don't normally get well, a lot of business it, so exactly. it can be a nice collaboration uh, provided that the people using the coffee shops are not idiots yeah There's a bit I, etiquette there isn't there definitely i think yeah let's 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 have a quick let's talk about etiquette in in coffee shops and sort of independent spaces i think you know it's firstly i think respect the venue and I, I guess the first thing is just if it's somewhere that there isn't anybody else working on a laptop, actually, I, I always ask them if they're okay with it. Like, I had a really negative experience in the Lake District once um, where I went and actually, to be fair, asking didn't really make a difference. But um, I went in and I was working from this little cafe and I, and I, and I did ask at the start, um, you know, are you okay if I work from my computer here? And I bought coffees, I bought food, I bought lunch, I was about to have put like some cake as a pudding and someone came over to me and said, excuse me, when are you leaving? Yeah, it's just really rude to a customer. <laughs> it's just like, um, where's about to have pudding? So not yet. And they're like, it's just that you're like taking up a table and I'm like, I am a customer, I'm paying for food. And they're like, yeah, you're taking tables away from, from like the regulars. But there's tables free. They just, it, they just, they were in a small town in the Lake District that weren't used to people doing it. And they said, why don't you just go and work from the library? Yeah. And, and so now I will always try and like ascertain at the beginning, is it somewhere that gets it? You know, is it somewhere that is quite happy for you to work from there first and make sure that they understand that? And what I would say is, you know, can, is it okay if I work from here? And then I'll try and sit in a space that if I know I'm going to be there over the lunchtime rush or at any kind of busy times, that I'm somewhere that isn't going to take away a space from somebody else that wants to sit and eat. So yeah, don't take up a four-person table exactly. to yourself. Yeah. And if you do, t and if maybe you, maybe there's only one table that's got a plug. So maybe you say you arrive at ten, 
and the, the table that has a plug is a four-person table. Plug in there for a couple of hours to get your laptop produced up and then say to them, look, when it gets to lunchtime, I'm going to move over to that little table in the corner which doesn't have a plug socket or whatever. You know, show them that you're like willing to be considerate, I think. Yeah, and buy stuff is the other one. Yeah. I mean, it's really annoying when people don't buy stuff, but buy, and probably more than, if you're there a long time, probably more than one latte, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, buy lunch if you're there over the lunch period. Or... I find, uh, my general rule is a coffee per hour. Yeah, something like that, you know, whatever. But make sure you are putting money back into the local business as well. Yeah, exactly. If they're independent ones. I mean, if you're going to some kind of chain one, then yeah, fine, whatever. But if you're going to an independent one, then, you know, make yeah. sure that you're kind of... But make sure it works for you as well, because it's not the best workspace often. So if you're doing some no. emails or typing up a blog or something, then it might just be fine. But there's certain work that it's just not ideal for, because you do get a lot of background noise. There's screaming babies. Um, there's sometimes people coming in, they've ordered afternoon tea or whatever, and it can get a bit loud. And it does sound like you're in a licensed venue. If you're on a call to a client, it's you know the music might not be it might be too loud or yeah. inappropriate. So do check it is the right space for you. But my tip for in cafes or or libraries or the other one Katie we haven't mentioned is pubs now I've done it from pubs before you do work from pubs yeah because one I like beer but secondly <laughs> um they generally do have wi-fi and they're generally quite social places and probably a bit quieter during the day as and well and a bit quieter during the day so they're normally grateful for the custom so the other day I was thinking where can I go in my new town and actually there is a pub that, that has wi-fi very few places do where I am um, they've got plenty of tables and I doubt there's really anybody in there. Yeah. I wouldn't take calls from that place, but if I wanted to sit and do some work for a little bit and um, I was feeling a bit insular, then I would probably go. Yeah, and that's it. You can schedule your time. If you're, if you're in a position to be able to schedule your calls, then schedule them for a day when you're working from home, if home is the right environment for that and then make sure that you, you can schedule time for doing tasks that are more appropriate for working yeah. in a coffee shop you know but definitely but my tip my tip for working in those spaces would be if you're doing that if the purpose for that as it is for me is to talk to people then go to these places and talk to people so if you're in a public space one people will talk to you so there's a pub I used to go to and, it, and all the old boys used to come in at four o'clock and whether you were looking at them or not they would chat to you <laughs> and ask you about the crossword answers oh God, and stuff send me running. but they but they make me laugh so I thought it was hilarious <laughs> so you've got to be able to chat but also so get to know the names of the staff. So I don't everywhere we've been, Katie, I think we've got to be on yeah, first name yeah. terms with the with the, the cafe staff, which always pays dividends. I've got work from that in the past. Yeah, which like is in multiple cafes I've ended up doing their website because they've I've got to know them over the time. And then at the point where they've wanted a website, they've come to me. Yeah. They, also, they know I know their business, I'm one of the customers, so I'm in a brilliant position yeah. to be able to design something. But also people like me <laughs> chat, chat to the regulars as well but also it's quite nice if, if isolation is the issue the reason why you want to get out of the house you feel less alone when you chat to people so it's a real real wasted opportunity just to go in there and be in your own little world so. although it's quite hard I mean the reason I set up freelance work was because I thought of doing exactly that of going to coffee shops and talking to people because that was what I was craving was that kind of interaction and it was really hard to strike up conversations. I went to the places where I knew there was freelancers on, or, you know, people who were on laptops at least. A lot of them were probably freelance. And it, it's really hard because you know, a lot of people are just in their own little bubble. That they've, they've not gone there with the intention of having a conversation. And when you try and talk to them, it's sometimes they're okay, but a lot of the time it's kind of like, oh, yeah, hi, bye. 
Yeah. And you know, kind of they shut it down quite quickly because they're in the middle of something and it's yeah. not they're not trying to be rude or perhaps they're actually they're there because they don't have an appropriate working environment at home. They didn't come here for the for the No, but I think it. like the staff or the regulars the staff, are good though, for that. Yeah, I think so. And, and regulars staff. as well, I think is good. Yeah. But yeah, but I guess yeah, just lift your head up and chat to people a little bit, I think is the way to do it. Ask people's names. But like to some people listening to this that might sound hard chatting to people in CAFs. But like literally, like if I've been in somewhere three or four times, I go, oh, I've been here quite a few times and I don't know your name. Might nice to meet you. My name's Michelle. And they always tell you. Like, yeah. They're always really lovely too. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the other option that we've, um, I think we've mentioned on one of the podcast episodes previously um, is, is actually if, if libraries and coffee shops don't quite work for you, then if you already know a few freelancers, then actually going and working from each other's houses can be a nice way of keeping the cost down but adding that kind of interaction element to it. Yeah, definitely. And and, and it, do you know what? It's not just other freelancers. A lot of businesses, as I say, are, I mean, air quoting again on the podcast, hot desking, <laughs> which means there's a lot of home workers. Yeah. So although they're not in the same business as you, other people may work from home. And if they've got children or pets, they may really welcome the opportunity. I've, I've done sessions from your house Katie yeah, and vice versa you, yeah. and and that's quite nice yeah to we know we bring it. food and and you know we have a bit of a catch-up and then we do some work and I mean I found that actually that works really well where we're trying to do some kind of any kind of strategy discussions or any kind of creative thing or anything kind of collaborative I wouldn't necessarily do it if I wanted to get really like focused because I probably chat to you too much yeah um but actually for anything where like actually you know we're, we're sort of trying to think about new things then I think you know it means we can put stuff up on the walls like flip chart paper and stuff like that um, and I've got my whiteboard at home which I'm so happy to be back with um, and, and so yeah sometimes actually having an environment that you can customise makes a lot of difference yeah it's a bit more relaxed as well again be, be respectful of other people's partners yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it's like Roland makes the tea he knows his job he's brilliant and I, <laughs> and I, and I try really hard not to bleed all over your bathroom <laughs> you only what, did that one that's the first time I went to Katie's house I bled all over her bathroom I felt bad because my bathroom attacked Michelle cut my hands but I feel like it bonded us yeah I mean you give me a plaster and I patch my <laughs> finger back up so that's it. that. If you want to keep the, the cost down, either homeworking, working from other freelancers, or cafes, or like well, public spaces, I suppose we'll call them. Now these are great ways of uh, getting an inspiring space, getting contact with other human beings, and mixing your work environment up a bit. However, if that doesn't do it for you, or if that's not an appropriate space, you may want to pay for an office space. And I think a lot of people think that if you pay for office space, you have to like hire office in the city. But these days, there are far more intermediate options, um, ways you can pay for appropriate workspace with other company but you don't necessarily have to break the bank so Katie you're a bit more of a, a pro on co-working than me we did this a while haven't we yeah well I think I guess let's well let's talk about what co-working is and, and what it isn't and, and I think it's a term that's used very broadly these days because it's quite a buzzword I like to think I came I, I was using that term you know five years ago before it was so ubiquitous, ubiquitous. Um, but not not all co-working spaces are created equal and actually the difference between co-working and an office space um i'd say there's a couple of differences so when i when we say co-working i'm thinking of spaces which are created to allow freelancers or small business owners or hot deskers like you mentioned you know people who work remotely to um to have the benefits of an office but without having to to pay for one just for them individually so having 
you know, having a space and sharing the cost between lots of individuals rather than a company with lots of employees. Um, so you're kind of recreating the, a, a, an office, but an office of individuals rather than a team of employees. So co most co-working spaces um, will have open plan areas where you have either an assigned desk or hot desking. So hot desking is where you just kind of choose a random desk each time you don't get your own space. Um, whereas if you're hiring an office, then generally you'll have a door to that space with your own key and you'll have your own stuff in it. And a locker. And locker yeah. And you won't be sharing that space with anybody else. So for most freelancers, rather than having an office, a co-working space is yeah. what you want. Because a lot of the big brands, they call it co-working, but really it's just office it's space just for small business. Yeah. So, and quite often those businesses are tucked away. So they might share a kitchen, but work-wise they're tucked away. And yeah. if you're a small startup, you may, you may wish to have that and that's fine. But for a lot of solo workers individuals yeah yeah you'll want a place where you actually will mix and so the space we're in today there is a hot desking area which if you're just uh, a p occasional user you sit in amongst other people in fact some of the people with permanent desks here sit there i think explicitly for the company to come and chat to other people and i think that's the thing even if you're not needing to have that interaction um for kind of you know extrovert preferences or anything actually it's a really good way to build connections and especially if you're somebody that doesn't like traditional networking events co-working spaces are a great way to meet other businesses develop relationships and even if you don't work directly with them they could potentially refer you to other people and so by it's that kind of like you were saying in cafes michelle like you know the more you see somebody you kind of start to build up that yeah. that relationship of you know we go from kind of oh, hi and like you know nodding and then start having a proper chat about it and i would say that the good co-working spaces put the co in co-working it's going to yeah. be my like cheesy tagline um i think you know the whole point of it is that it is collaborative or cooperative i'm not sure what you know i guess the co in in both of those words kind of means the same thing um but working alongside other people like most co-working spaces should like the good ones should be actively encouraging their members people who are using the space to interact if that's what they want to do yeah i mean this space here they have events uh, sometimes they have talks sometimes they just have you know common things going on yeah at different exactly, times yeah. of year quizzes pizza nights whatever yeah yeah they have like pop-up bars and stuff so we're working from colony in manchester in the piccadilly branch at the moment um and yeah so they they they're really good at organizing events it's very well managed and, isn't it yeah and they bring in they bring in you know they have events where they bring in other people who aren't members of the space so then you can you can widen your network you're not just confined to this so sometimes they'll have internal events they have a christmas do um and you know lots of opportunities for to chat and i think the other thing is that because of that the people who come here want to have that interaction as well yeah there are other places where the people are there and they just want they just want a space and they want to just get get in get their head down and they're not bothered about talking to someone so before you go for a co-working if you're thinking of going for a co-working space i'd say most of them will offer a trial or you know you can pay just for a day or a free tour or, or something. something and go and spend some time but beyond just a tour i think go and work from there for a day before you commit to anything just to make sure that it is actually suitable for yeah. you in manchester there's quite a lot of competition so even if they said oh you have to buy a package most of them i think if you say you, can i work for a day they probably let, let you. you exactly um and you can sign in as a guest um, of other people if you already know people yeah. that work there which is a great way to do it i think co-working now this may sound expensive and i don't think 
think it necessarily has to be. Some of them do want you to buy it, pay a monthly rate, and that co can cost in the hundreds. If it is a good workspace for you and you get stuff done, that might be worth it. But quite often do um, you buy so many passes and yeah. you have to use them with a set period. Some will li literally let you just pay for the day um, and that may work better for you. I'm on the road quite a lot, so um, a fixed monthly cost wouldn't be beneficial for me. I think it's worth considering because sometimes, yes, it costs me to come here, but on the other hand, I know if I stayed at home, I wouldn't get as much done if it's distractions. Or do you know sometimes, Katie, if, just if I'm tired or ill... Yeah, if you're in a bit of a slump... I'll just stare out the window. Exactly. Whereas you just I, think, <laughs> how much, you know, how much could you do? And, uh, if, but if, if I've you, paid for it, yeah, and other people are there, I feel a bit more inspired or stimulated. So it may work out better if your productivity increases when you go. Also, the Wi-Fi speeds, the meeting spaces, the printing facilities. The resources, exactly. And then you normally you get free tea and coffee as a minimum. Some yeah. places chuck a bit of food in. Yeah, um, fruit or biscuits or, or, or something. Like that, yeah. So it can save you on your heating in winter as well. Uh, yeah. Rather than heating a whole house and stuff like that. So it may, give it a go, Would I would suggest. I think some people will be put off by the outlay. I think if you go regularly, even if it's once or twice a month, like you say, you get to know people. Yeah. And you can raise your profile. And of course, co-working spaces are full of other freelancers. So whatever you do in your business, there'll be copywriters, web designers, accountants, probably. Um, yeah, you know, so it's not only about it, the kind of generating income from your business. If you need somebody to help you with your business, you can probably find somebody in one of those spaces. And some of them will have either an online or a physical kind of um, uh, you know, photo or a little listing of who is in that space so that you can actually browse that and see who's a member of that space which is also helpful yeah. especially if you've kind of forgotten someone's name you can often often go and find out yeah. who they are afterwards that's really good so um, do, do keep an eye on cost though I think that yeah. is one thing Look, again there's etiquette we mentioned that as well didn't we yes um for this now some work the other good thing about co-working spaces some of them are child friendly some of them are dog friendly yeah yeah now I'm not a pet owner and I am asthmatic, so I don't get on great with animal hair brilliantly. I have heard some horror stories of people saying, of people being scared of dogs. We have a co-worker who's scared of dogs yeah. and someone that was playing fetch with their dog in the middle of a co-working space. And actually there was, some, there was two dogs that were fighting in a co-working oh, space as well, right in front of her. And I think that really kind of freaked her out because if you've seen two dogs fighting, it's, it's even if they're just kind of playing, actually it's quite an aggressive thing to watch. It's quite scary. Um, so I think, yeah, if you're, if you're a dog owner then be a responsible dog owner, please. If you if you know that if you let your dog off the lead, it just wanders around and bothers people. Eat people's sandwiches, yeah. And actually a lot of co-working spaces, um, if, if, they ha if they are dog friendly, they might have a section which is where the dog people go and then a section which is dog free. Not all of them have that, but again, if you're somebody who isn't a fan of dogs, then just check what their policy is, check how they enforce it ask if there's a separate you know separate spaces for dogs and things like that so just check just be aware of it that sometimes you will get people who are not very responsible with the dogs but what actually we with with the space that our friend was using she brought it up with the management team and they did something about it straight yeah. away and actually that's the other thing if you're you know if you're paying for that space and you're not getting the experience then go and have a word with the people who run the space and 
they might just not be aware that it's happening, so bring yeah. it to their attention. So that should help you as well. And the other thing with etiquette, again, you just think you've got to be aware of stuff like conference calls. Like you might, and also you might have done some wicked sound editing on your video, but not everybody else wants to hear it, which is <laughs> some which I've had in other working spaces. But also, some people for some reason do conference calls like they're on The Apprentice, you know, where they put it on speakerphone and, and shout. then shout into it. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. I don't want to hear that, and nobody yeah. does. And no, we've tried to tuck ourselves away for the purpose of recording this podcast. <laughs> so hopefully, we're not being that guy. Well, I'm sorry, for, I'm sorry for the dryer sound. No one was drying their hands all morning, and now. <laughs> Everybody's drying no, their hands. Everyone's dry. That's the weird noise in the background, if you can hear it, is the hand dryer in the toilets that's, that's kind of not soundproofed enough, clearly. Yeah. And I guess the other one with co working spaces, I do find it is useful if they're quite noisy or they have quite a lot of music to tuck yourself away to make a phone call. Some In some spaces, it's quite hard to find those one to one spaces. Some places have, and that's another thing to look out for. If you need you do a lot of calls, find out if they've got a designated area for phone calls. Some of them will have like little booths that you can use that are soundproofed. Um, some places have got places where you, know, you can draw a curtain or a little room you can shut the door in if they haven't got one again ask because a lot of these places are independent and have a lot of kind of control over what they're doing and enough people ask for it they might actually be able to do it you know it's not a big structural thing that you necessarily have to have in order to create a you know, little kind of phone booth area um, some places also have meeting rooms that you can book either for free as part of the price or for an additional cost which is also useful if you want that extra bit of privacy um, that you you know that you would get if you had your own office but you don't in a co-working yeah. space a lot of them have lockers as well so you can actually have somewhere to store your things so you don't have to kind of if you've got you know a computer or an external keyboard or something, headsets or something yeah, that yeah. you don't that you don't ever use at home then you can store your possessions in a locker here so again just just check what things they have yeah. and and as they try and work there for a bit if you can do a kind of minimal commitment thing it can be really good for clients as well it always looks great for clients if you want to have a coffee uh, you know for a networking meeting yeah. or have an initial consult on stage oh pop over to my office and they're mostly quite, quite cool as well they're usually so. pretty cool spaces so um, definitely worth thinking about so yeah but it's always worth checking out the space to see if it's if it's right for you but I definitely even though there is a cost I would suggest giving it a go but I think as well the cost like I could spend 20 quid in a day in a coffee shop quite easily by the time I've had, you know, oh yeah, like a coffee every hour ish and lunch and everything, like, like, like I could spend the same as if, and you know, for for a day rate at a co-working session in Manchester, you're looking around about twenty twenty five quid from the places that I've been to. Like, I mean, they really they vary quite they vary radically. A lot. So you can get but more, you can get less. between yeah, between fifty and twenty five. 15 and 25 quid I reckon is probably about the average but then if you buy lunch uh, and a couple of coffees yeah and but a lot of places you can for co-working spaces you can do and bring your own lunch and then they provide coffee as well yeah and so yes yeah, so if you don't the other difference is as well if you're paying for a co-working space you can claim that as part of your allowable expenses from tax purposes whereas you can't claim the cost a coffee of a coffee shop, shop which, unless you're a limited company, which you can, oh, I believe. Okay. So I you probably know. can now, Michelle. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, but but for if you're self-employed, you're not allowed to claim coffee shops, which I totally want to go to war with HM, HMRC about. I really really want it to them them to allow it because it's just like it's cost of business. But they say you know it's it's impossible to separate out the what you're using for for yourself versus what you're using for your business um, as a self-employed person. Um, so just be aware of that. Um, if you if you're working, sorry, I'm going all like boring tax now. And if there's any accountants out there that, and if I'm saying anything wrong, tell me. Um, but this is what my understanding of it is. If you are if you are working, so you so you end up working full time in a co-working space, then you're tr- then you can't then 
claim your travel to that co-working space as an allowable expense because oh, okay. it's your cost of it's, it's going to your place of business so if that's where you're conducting the majority of your business from then you can't claim it but if you're just doing the odd day i would still claim the travel because it's not my, my place of business is still my home and that's just somewhere i'm going to to do like networking and other things like yes. as well it's not the place I'm conducting my business from so just basically have a chat to your accountant if you've got one or if you don't have one have a quick look and just make sure you're aware of the different because again you were talking about costs you know just work out actually what is the most cost effective way but I think for me it's you know the amount of the amount of the work I get done and the connections I make I think it pays for itself a lot of the time yeah it can and also there's quite often events to look out for events so in a big city in particular you've got things like Eventbrite um, and what some of the spaces around here are doing and offer it one month one day a month they're off the space for free and mm. um, so you can try out their facilities but quite often a lot of them organize co-working sessions or perhaps little conferences or events and that can be a great way to go have a look around yeah on the cheap quite a few and, like, restaurants do that as well yeah it's, you know they take they're kind of realizing that they've got this space that's not being used that much in the mornings for example um so i know like dishoom in manchester were doing a, a kind of breakfast co-working session and things like that um offering so, a breakfast now and i had a voucher for that and i don't yeah, even know what it is i know exactly but the other thing you do as well is that is do what katie did essentially or has done done in the past which is this doesn't exist in your area and it doesn't where i've moved to so my next thought is well how do i start it so yeah. can i approach a local business and say look you've got an upstairs floor which on certain days or certain hours are just not open or being used fully what have I got two or three people together or would you be objecting to me working mm. up there and what if we bring people in and I'm yeah, sure or just all coffee shops you know go and have a chat with them and say is there a time that you're quiet and yeah and, and if Monday mornings or Monday afternoons or Tuesday afternoons are dead deadly quiet yeah then they might be grateful for for you the extra few bits of cake yeah, and coffee exactly and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm going to be kind of focusing on a little bit more with Freelance because encouraging people to set up their own kind of pop-up co-working events and some co-working spaces actually have um some co-working spaces will be actually really interested in in hosting that and helping you out with that because it's bringing in potential members to them but other other co-working spaces have like a partnership with a, a cafe or a coffee shop on site and so what you could do is do your you know arrange a get together with other people in the coffee shop but kind of do it in partnership with the co-working space so maybe people get a little tour of the co-working space while they're there so that so that there's the kind of so the co-working space is incentivized to help promote it and things like that so there's plenty of things that you can yeah. do and just I think you'll find if, if you are trying to set something up yourself where you're kind of getting a group of freelancers together to come and work together you know once a week or something there'll be venues that get it and there'll be venues that don't yeah. and you want the people who are really excited and inspired by it and think you can see the opportunity for them rather than seeing it as a burden yeah if you're a good if you're a good guest most people are quite happy to have you or open to the idea anyway and there's also more hybrid spaces that are they cafes are they co-working nobody really knows yeah. but they're happy to straddle both camps and it can work out quite beneficial um so yeah, so Kate, I was thinking with, with all of this, there's different options, and you mentioned before mixing it up, and I think that's probably the way that I, I do it personally. I know there's some work which I also know myself um, and what stimulates me, but I also know there's some work which really I am better off doing at home, and there's certain things that I do that I just cannot do in public spaces. So I like to get a mix of cafe, outdoors in the summer, other people's houses, co-working spaces. I, I tend to hot desk. Um, but also I work from home a lot and I've got good at knowing myself and my energy levels and what makes me productive at home as well. So I'll, I'll probably mi mix it up. I mean, do you have any tips for how to, to choose that right mix? I think there's 
bit of trial and error, isn't it? I think it's, I think trial and error. And actually, if you re- if you're not sure, then it might be worth even keeping some kind of record of of how you're doing. Like not necessarily like a full on journaling thing or anything, but you know, just at the end of the day, just reflect and write a few notes about. Okay, what have I got done today? What went well? How am I feeling? Did I feel energised? Did I feel inspired? What type of work was I doing? Did, did I, that work in this environment? Did I meet any new people or yeah. speak to anyone? Did I speak to anyone Have today? I made any meaningful connections with people? But seriously, if you go three days on the trot without speaking to another human being, probably should get out, even if you're an introvert. I, I talk about introversion preference, and as I say, this is where you get your energy from. I was doing a working remotely workshop for a company who were out, you know, hot desking their, their staff, and one of the guys, he, he has an introversion preference. He works better on his own. He prefers to reflect and work quietly, but he said that even he missed the connection with other people. So he would shut himself away, work on his own for five days on the bounce. But he it, he was really lonely, really isolated, yeah. and it can be a discipline sometimes to get out, which is why we're talking about what is the best environment to work in. Exactly, for you. and sometimes like if you can prepay for something, then that's great because that ensures you use it. Because I've noticed. Like when I, when I was over, you know, over the summer, I did not like the house I was living in temporarily. Um, everything was going wrong, like we talked about in the previous episode. With my, you know, everything was kind of hanging on the, on a precipice with my house sale. I was just fairly fairly unproductive. Um, I didn't feel very inspired to work. And I'd say to myself, oh, well, I'll go to the co-working place. I'll go to the kind of business centre tomorrow and work from there for a change of scenery. But then in the uh, in the day, I just I got so low, I didn't really want to do anything. I wasn't really motivated to do anything and go anywhere, even you know half an hour down the road to the business centre. Um, and so I think for me, what's what helped was like. Um, I mean, so I did something. I did, I did an online um, thing that I mentioned, I think, in a previous episode. But um, it was called CaveDay.org, and they do like remote. It's not really co-working in a kind of conversation sense, but it's like if you want to get really kind of focused work done, it's like you go and, the, and you do it on a Zoom call, and you every, there's like 20 people there, and you're like all kind of working towards your own goals but then you share how you're doing with other people um, and it, I just found it a kind of useful way to kind of hold me to account and, and kind of make me focus on something that I wasn't going to do otherwise so I think for me like prepaying for stuff really works because then it makes me want to go and do it so if you've got these you know a bundle of vouchers for a co-working space so you've got like 20 days worth that you've prepaid for and they expire then that's quite motivating to come and use them before they expire. So you can kind of, you know, because sometimes when you're at home, it's just, it's easy, it's in the comfort zone. And even though you know it would be good for you, you like you have to go outside and it might be raining. And so I think if you know you benefit from it, just try and you know, arrange to meet someone there or try and find a way to kind of get yourself out of the house and get yourself going there. And by the time you get there, you're normally really pleased that you did it. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of finding the balance, like you were saying, it's really personal. Um, and, you know, it's sometimes it's a, an upfront cost investment. And if you don't have that cash, then it doesn't matter how good value for it. If you're not going to get the return on that investment for yeah. another month, then be responsible with your money first and try and find ways to kind of get that environment at home or you know elsewhere yeah you may want to spend that money at home yeah. getting the right work set up like you say with a yeah. chair with a desk with the, with a height and everything. exactly I mean for me my ideal is probably three days three days at home two days 
out of the house doing something. So like whether that's client meetings or workshop delivery or working from a co-working space. That's probably my ideal balance. So at the moment on a Monday, I go to Bangor because there's a really lovely cafe there and they're quite happy for me to work from there. Um, what I've noticed actually is a lot of coffee shops nowadays have put like bench seating on. Mm. So there'll be like a long, uh, raised shelf almost with like high bar stools underneath it and there you'll have lots of plug sockets and stuff and that way you don't take up a whole table because it's all kind of individuals that can sit there yeah so I've noticed a couple of places with that and there's a new vegan coffee shop opened in Menai Bridge as well so I go to go there to Bangor and go back um, and that's nice because it gets me out of the house gets me change of scenery um, and then have a few days at home and then I'll try and go to the business centre or come to Manchester for freelance folk um, or do something on a, on a Friday normally or on one of the days. Yeah, Friday's definitely my co-working day and I know if nothing else, uh, if I haven't left the house for the, for the rest of the days of the week, then I know Friday I can offer a bit of steam and chat to people, which is great. And then, of course, I'm out, out with clients at the yeah, yeah. But yeah, I generally find two days at home on the balance is fine three days up that's a really good rule of thumb actually to say like right I'm not going to go for more than x number of days without going out and leaving the house and I'm, doing something otherwise my wife comes home and I'm like how was your day my day <laughs> and I give them a new shy of every single thing and then the postman came and I took the letter and they're like oh no this is for next door blah 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 <laughs> and like it's just really boring so if you want to have a healthy relationship and a healthy body um yeah probably uh, probably best to mix it up a little bit. yeah and actually just from a perspective of kind of doing errands and stuff it's it's handy to go to a city or you know a bigger town like if you don't live near one it's nice to kind of do all your errands and go to the shops and stuff yeah so. that's true because actually maybe some people listening to this who don't live in a big city might be thinking well katie and michelle they you know they're in manchester but we're not actually but we're both no, moved we're, out we're actually in, country bumpkins we're but now country bumpkins <laughs> so i've moved out into the high peak um and katie's moved out the high peak in to, to wales yeah uh, to she Wales-y. waited until i left to move in house prices shot up uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're about to go up katie so i got to better get in there quick um but yeah yeah exactly yeah so so you I mean if you're in a really little little kind of countryside area you might find that there aren't that many places um but it's on the rise so keep an eye out and you know try and find wherever your local kind of biggest town or city is um sometimes there's like local um kind of enterprise organizations so imagine we've got the business growth hub in anglesey um it's called hub mentor i think something like that um but th- check if you've got a, you know an organization that exists to support small businesses because they might be able to point you in the direction of something sometimes they're not very these places or the events aren't very well advertised but if you look you can find them yesterday i looked up the high peak business thing and uh, the email address does actually have edwina curry on the email address like seriously when you sign (laughs) for the newsletter it's her name that appears on the email address so yeah so uh, i'll let you know if edwina gets back to me well there you go co-working with edwina I don't know how we follow that up, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we should do our normal wrapping up of the, the tips and in, in, in saying what would be the one tip that you would have for people who are struggling to find the right place to work. Yeah, and look, mine is just know yourself, but I think that's going to take some trial and error. So do do mix it up a bit and just look out for what times of day you get your best energy, but what do you do you need other people for your creative thinking of, to get that buzz or do you prefer to work alone? and what is the right balance for you signs by the way that might you might come across is if that you are surrounded by people too much you might get the end of the day and feel like you need to sit in a dark room and decompress 
Equally though, if you are the kind of person that needs other people, you may find yourself getting tired and withdrawn without human interaction. And that sounds really weird, but if you're finding yourself sort of going a little, getting a little bit cabin fever or getting a little bit withdrawn or, you know, um, unloading every detail of your day to the postman or the or your partner, these, these could be, if you start talking to the dog on, uh, more than normal, then these are normally signs <laughs> that you should do it. So make, so yeah, like Kat, you said, just keep an eye on what works for you, but then do try things. And, and I think you can find a really good balance that gets maximum productivity for yeah. you as well I think I'd say yeah probably just kind of continuing from that I'd say just experiment that would be my yeah. my tip would be experiment with different types of work in different types of environments so you might find that you do your you know you're better at blogging when you're in a coffee shop but you're better at doing focus other types of focus work when you're at home and just find find out what works best in what environment and go and try and find I mean even if you have to travel for a little bit you know like as a freelancer you don't really have a commute anymore if you work from home like so if you have to then one day a week or even one day a month if you have to travel for an hour or even a bit more than an hour to get to a really inspiring space it's probably worth it like because you don't have to go every week it could be just a monthly thing that's one of the things I'm thinking of doing is because there isn't, there's the business place, but the, the, I've struggled to find a really good co-working place same, near, same. near me um, with, with, that, with the kind of interaction element. So I'm like, actually, do you know what? I've got direct trains to London. I've got e- you know, easy access to Manchester. I might just go down and do, find, you know, try, try out new spaces in those places as well and just have a change of scenery. And I'm thinking I can of- work on the train. And, you know, it's just it's a little adventure. I can see people. I'm thinking of venturing into the big smoke of Buxton, you know? <gasps> I know. Crazy. It might be a bit much. You might get lost in the anonymity yeah, of the place, yeah. but yeah. So and actually, I need to get up and see my dad because Carlisle has got a brilliant co working space above a donut shop. It's so good. Yeah. And it's dog friendly. The so favourite one I've there. ever seen is in the laundrette, but that's in Ghent in Belgium. Oh, yeah, that's probably, a, probably bit, a bit far. A bit far, but you know, again, once a year, co working in Ghent, let's do it. <laughs> so as usual we would love to hear your tips what are your favorite things to look for in a co-working space have you got a favorite co-working space share it with us we'd love to know, hear where you all work from have you kind of made you know hacked your home office area to to work for you um how, how do you deal with finding the right place to work so get in touch with us at 99 problems cast that's the number 99 problems then cast as in podcast and of course, if you want to make sure that you catch all of our upcoming episodes, do subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you next time for another episode of 99 Problems, but a boss ain't one.